Hello, good morning. My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at Trinity, and we're glad to have you join us for our daily podcast. In the next couple of weeks, at the beginning of September, this podcast will pivot away from Trinity's thread and will be housed at Renewing the Center, which is going to be a podcast Monday through Friday that my wife Karen and I are going to be uh, leading. It'll have lots of biblical reflection, very similar to what we do here on this podcast thread, but there'll be a weekly edition of a spiritual practice. We believe that we have to grow in areas of spiritual discipline and spiritual practice. And my wife Karen is a trained spiritual director, and she is going to teach us guided silence, um, meditation, prayer of examine, uh, Lectio Divina, and we're going to learn how to be with God. And I'm really, really excited about this. Before we get to that, we're going to continue doing what we're doing right now for the time being. And so today I'm going to read John 6, and we're going to read the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And if you were a part of our church community, just a couple of weeks ago, I preached a sermon on this. So we're going to take this text in a slightly different direction, or maybe more specifically, we'll focus in on an aspect of this miracle uh, and then see what the Lord has to say to us. So let me read, then we'll pray. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? And Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, and so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. And when the people saw the sign that had been done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we do pray for your grace. We ask you to help us, Lord, to think true and deep thoughts about the Bible. Help us to see something here that will uh, help us make sense of our own lives and maybe the invitation before each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So here's where I want to focus. The disciples are with Jesus in a remote place, and Jesus looks up seemingly past the immediate situation and he sees a great crowd coming toward all of them he sees it before his friends see it and i just want to say this where jesus is working people will always gather it's just a simple fact you should fully expect people to be drawn to the lord he is winsome and beautiful and attractive Um, jesus is not only one who commands us uh, to love him. He is actually lovable. And if you're with him, if you are walking with him, if you are being used by him in any way, and I'm not speaking just to professional Christians. I mean primarily you who have a job, uh, you who work in the marketplace, you who are raising kids, you who are a student. If you are walking with Jesus, you will have to deal with crowds. 
there will always be need coming toward you because need and crowds are always coming toward Jesus. So the first thing I think we need to consider is this. Do we have a view of God that he's beautiful, that he's attractive, that he's lovable, that he's so warm that people want to be around him? See, many of us have a view of God that's more impoverished than that. Frankly, some of us think of God as powerful, aloof, uh, kind of a scary authoritarian figure. Do you see Jesus? Do you see God as being beautiful, attractive, winsome? See, the heart of our spirituality rests in how we see God. See, you will ultimately, and so will I, we will ultimately reproduce and embody whatever view that we have of God. More than anything we know or have been taught or would say we believe, we will disseminate and reproduce our own view and experience of God. It comes through in a way that's more powerful than your words, than sermons, than things you say, advice you give. And so what this means, I think, for us is that there's an invitation for us to learn how to be hidden with God so that our view of God is increasingly accurate. See, if we live our lives in a distracted, hurried way, we'll just reproduce whatever caricature view we have of God. We'll just reproduce a a kind of childhood snapshot or what we were taught in Sunday school or what we picked up a little here, a little there in a sermon. See, without a hidden life with God, we won't reproduce or amplify an accurate view of God. So you've got to learn how to be hidden. Last year before the pandemic turned the world upside down. I was so privileged to go to England with a group of doctoral students at Asbury Seminary. That's where I took my doctorate and they invited me back as a guest lecturer to uh, spend two weeks visiting holy sites around the United Kingdom. Um, And there are a lot of holy sites. The, The church goes way back on the British Isles and The highlight of that trip for me was to spend a long weekend leading spiritual retreat on Lindisfarne, which is also called Holy Island. It's where St. Aidan and St. Cuthbert lived, who are saints that go back into the first um, thousand years of the church. Old, old, old Christian history there. There's been a monastery there for many, many hundreds of years. And we spent some time at York Minster, which is a ginormous church nearby to Lindisfarne. And in the catacombs of that church in the basement, uh, they have relics of St. Cuthbert, who uh, is buried now in York Minster. And he lived on Holy Island. And there's a, a, a pectoral cross there. And you can Google it and look at a Cuthbert's pectoral cross. And it's this beautiful gold cross, Saxon in design, just ornate and beautiful. And Cuthbert had been buried elsewhere on the island, and then they brought him into York Minster. So he'd been buried for 1,100 years, and they dug him up and put him in the church, um, you know, disrupting his his bones and all of that. And he had these garments on his um, on his body. And after uh, 1,100 years, they found hidden in the folds of his garment this pectoral cross, a beautiful treasure hidden unseen for so many years. When we got to Lindisfarne, uh, it's a tidal island. And so at times of high tide, you can't get to it. There's actually no way to get to it except for by boat. But at low tide, you can walk across the marsh on a road. And we followed the pattern of uh, Christians for uh, over a thousand years. We got out of cars and we walked across at low tide 
And then that road was covered by 20 feet of freezing cold water just hours after we made it. And I remember being on Holy Island and thinking, this is the way our life with God should be. There should be times of hiddenness, cloistered away like the monks on that island who are inaccessible. And then the tides need to recede so that what you learn in hiddenness, what you see of God in hiddenness, then you walk out to the rest of the world as a missionary, as a person who tells people who God really is. And those monks at Lindisfarne are known for um, establishing Christianity in the north part of England. They were hidden and then engaged, hidden and then engaged. And that should be the pattern of your life and mine. I should have a hidden life with God so that I know who it is that I serve, so that when I go out into my job and into my relationships, I'm actually sharing an accurate picture of who God is. And so I want to say to you, do you have a hidden life with God? Do you actually see God, not just as one who commands you to love him, but do you see God as being inherently lovable, attractive, beautiful even? See, I believe the Lord wants you to see God for who he is. And if you're with him in that beautiful, true place, people will begin to be drawn to you just like they're drawn to Jesus. One of my favorite stories about John Wimber, who is a founder of the Vineyard Movement. I love the Vineyard. We come from the Vineyard at this church and hold the Vineyard in such affection. He was sitting in a in an airport one day, and John was not a, a terribly good-looking guy. It was an old guy. He used to refer to himself as a, a fat guy going to heaven. Those are his words, not mine. And he was sitting at the end of a, a bank of chairs, and a, a young person was sitting, a young woman on the other end of the bank of chairs, as you tend to do, giving as much space. And over time, she began to move over until she was sitting right next to him. And he realized she was being drawn to something beautiful in God, not him, but she was sensing something in him. And he began to talk to her about the Lord, and she came to know God. She was drawn to the attractiveness of Jesus, and in the process, she was drawn to John. I've had similar experiences in my life. I think that's actually what God wants for each and every one of us. People are desperate to see something transcendent and beautiful. And if you're walking with Jesus, they're going to see glimpses of that in you. They're going to be drawn to you. I believe the Lord wants us to be the kinds of people who have such a clear picture of who God is that when the needs of life come, when the crowds come that overwhelm us and frankly at times stir anxiety in us, we'll know that God is going to be with us in the midst of that, that a good and beautiful God is with us even as we face needs that stress us out. Right now, you are likely experiencing need that stresses you out. Kids are going back to school, many of whom are going back on Zoom. Or if they're in school, they're wearing masks and it's like two or three days a week. It's a hard time for those of you who have small children. This is also a tough time to work our jobs. Even here at Trinity, we're going through a lot of change and it's stressful. It's hard to know how to do this thing. It's hard to know how to live in the midst of so much uncertainty. I believe that Jesus wants us to carry into the places of overwhelming need a clear picture of God, a picture that says God is loving and beautiful and kind. So you need to be carving out space. Are you taking time to be hidden? Maybe today, maybe that's what you're doing right now. You're on a walk or you're in your house or you're in your car and you're taking some quiet time. Don't just fill your head with words that come from my mouth. I pray that you would find time to say, God, help me to see that you are good and kind and beautiful so that I would embody that goodness and that kindness and that beauty to the world around me. 
You can't give away what you don't have. You can't reproduce what you're not experiencing. And I believe the Lord wants each and every one of us to see him in fresh and beautiful and new ways. So I pray that would be your experience today. But I'm going to tell you, you've got to carve out time in order to experience God for who he really is. You must be hidden so that your engagement's actually worth something. I look forward to being with you in the coming weeks with our new podcast. We'll let you know as soon as it's out there on Spotify and other places for you to subscribe to it. But it's going to be called Renewing the Center because we believe the Lord wants you to be renewed by him at the very core of your being. May God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you when we can. Bless you.